Hello, my name is Alex Skorbansky. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Docurated. Uh, thank you everyone for listening uh, to our first in a series of podcasts uh, about the sales enablement space. Um, today, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to us uh, Daniel West, uh, who currently heads up sales operations at Infoblox. Uh, and Daniel's here to talk to us about the role of sales enablement and the relationship between sales enablement and the C-suite. Um, Daniel's had a storied career um, in sales and enablement, working both on the vendor side. And um, I'll turn it over to Daniel just to give us a quick introduction of himself before we get right into the interview. Hi, Alex. Uh, it's uh, great to be here, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, so, uh, as you mentioned, my name's Daniel West. I'm a VP of uh, Sales Strategy and Operations here at Infoblox. And as you mentioned, yeah, I've been in the uh, sales enablement space now for uh, about 12 years uh, at a number of different companies, uh, including uh, you know, Mercury Interactive, HP Software, Informatica. Spent two years at uh, Savo, uh, another company in the, the sales enablement area. Uh, running uh, strategy and uh, business development, and uh, now here at uh, Infoblox. Um, so I'd love to get your perspective on what the expectations are of the enablement functions from the CEO, from other executives uh, on, the, uh, on the management teams. So I think at the most fundamental level, I think that the expectations that the C-level has of the enablement function is to really create the environment for profitable growth. So, you know, what do I mean by that? That that has a number of different elements associated with it. One is, you know, improving sales productivity, uh, which means that, you know, sales productivity typically has uh, two key, you know, elements to it. One is on the efficiency side. So how do you make sure that, you know, salespeople are spending the least amount of time doing, you know, administrative type tasks and so on and the maximum amount of time out actually having you know uh, conversations with customers and prospects, and then on the effectiveness side, how do you ensure that when they're having those conversations, that they're having as valuable uh, conversations as possible with those customers and prospects that lead to next meetings and ultimately that lead to closed opportunities? So that's one key element is the the sales productivity piece and improving sales productivity so that you don't have to keep adding sales capacity. Uh, the other kind of fundamental area is making sure that the level of, of readiness or knowledge exists within your, uh, you know, within your go-to-market um, organization, which is typically the sales or your, your channel partner community, so that you can actually take your products and solutions to market in an effective way. If you have great technology and you invest a lot of money in you know, R&D and understanding the needs of the market, but then you have an ineffective way to take it to market, then that's not a recipe for success. And then, and then the final expectation is, uh, I think, really around driving change. You know, enablement is fundamentally, if it's if it's viewed strategically, and if the if the organization, the enablement organization, view themselves as strategic, then enablement is really about driving change, behavioral change within the sales organization, and that's a very valuable aspect to the C-suite because. In today's environment, you know, if you can't change and adapt to changing market conditions uh, and you don't have a way of driving that change effectively, then you're probably not going to last very long. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and obviously, that's a huge challenge, right? I mean, I think we all know, uh, having worked with sales, sales organizations, getting 
sales behavior to change uh, can be very, very challenging. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, that topic in more detail and maybe some of the successes you had and some of the tactics you've used uh, to drive change? So I think that uh, change is, I, I think, the, not only a very important part of enablement's function, but as you just said, it's the hardest part of enablement's function. And because uh, human beings, whether they're salespeople or not, are uh, fundamentally resistant to change. But if you're going to do it well, you have to do uh, you have to take a number of things into consideration. I think one of the most important ones is you can't be trying to drive too much change at the same time. Uh, people can only people and organizations can only absorb so much. Uh, so if you if you if you have focus, um, that is a good thing. Uh, secondly, I would say that you need to have a number of kind of critical ingredients to a successful, you know, change initiative. The first is you have to have a, a good vision. You have to have kind of understood uh, where the gaps are and between the current state and the future state, and you have to be able to paint that future state in a in a way that people can get behind it, they can support it, they can feel you know motivated, inspired by it. Uh, secondly, you have to have the right, uh, you know, incentives in place um, for them to want to, you know, take on that change. Change requires work, and if your incentive plan or the way that you're uh, compensating your sales organization is misaligned with where you want them to go, then then that will create, uh, you know, that will create an aborted change initiative. Yeah. Um, another critical area is the skills. You know, you have to have, you have to, if you are asking people to change and to go with you on a journey, you have to ensure that they have the skills needed uh, to, uh, to be successful in that environment. Um, you have to have a very clearly defined, you know, um, action plan. And, uh, and if you if you do all of the other pieces but you don't have an action plan, you you end up with a constant kind of starting over. Um, and so you have to have a very clearly defined action plan and a very clearly defined set of checkpoints and milestones that you're going to uh, use to ensure that you're going that your change initiative is going in the right direction. So those are kind of the, some of the key things that I believe you need to have in place. For a you know a change initiative to be successful, uh, in terms of some of the you know the tactics um, you know that I have uh, have used, uh, I think the, the I mean there's many, but I, I would say that the most fundamental one is having having that vision uh, that I mentioned a moment ago, and being able to align people you know what is in it for them, and then the the other key one is communication. You know you have to constantly be communicating. Um, with uh, with the organization around why you're doing it, why it's going to be better, uh, what's in it for them, and what progress is being made. You just said something really interesting, which I want to maybe drill into a little more. Is you know, like what's in it for them, right? Isn't that what this all comes down to? Is how do you, how do you kind of capture the hearts and minds of the guys on the street uh, who are all you know trying to hit their quota? Uh, so how do you how do you get their how do you capture their hearts and minds? Well, I think it's it, it's really defining what is the improvement that they can expect to see. How are you making, you know, how is an enablement, you know, leader or function, are you making their lives easier? 
Um, you know, one of the other uh, expectations, I guess, of the C-suite that I didn't I didn't call out earlier was part of the role of enablement is not just you know maximizing sales productivity, but it's also identifying what are the things that are getting in the way of sales productivity, yep. uh, and being the being the conduit for the field to uh, tell the organization, look, if you want me to be more effective, you need to do A, B, and C because these are the things that I'm that are dragging me down and are the, you know, are the millstones around my neck that are preventing me from being as effective as I can be. I want to go back to, you know, kind of the first, uh, you know, the, kind of the three things you laid out, and kind of the first two is really focusing on sales productivity um, and readiness, um, which, you know, we, we hear a lot. Those are themes that we hear a lot uh, from other organizations um, like yours. Um, how do you measure um, sort of, I guess the status quo as well as your impact. And what are some of the metrics and, and data sets either you're developing or looking to develop uh, that you're sort of delivering to the CEO, to other members of the C-suite um, as, as an enablement leader? From a measurement and metrics perspective, uh, you know, I think fundamentally there are uh, uh, two different types of metrics that we look at. There are leading indicators and then there are lagging indicators. And, uh, you know, the leading indicators from an enablement perspective are things like consumption and adoption and, uh, you know, quality and so on. So if you're rolling out a, an enablement program, are people actually consuming it? If you're rolling out a new set of tools that are going to drive, you know, more effective conversations, are people adopting uh, those tools uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, is shows that they're getting traction across the organization because if they don't adopt them, they're yep. not going to get the benefit from them. But then there is a set of kind of lagging indicators, which at least in you know the enterprise uh, technology, software technology companies that I've worked for, typically there's a fairly long you know sales cycle that you're dealing with, six, nine, 12 months. And so you have to be looking at lagging indicators as well, like um, uh, you know productivity per rep. Um, yep. You know, are people is the uh, average sales price going up? Um, if you're running an enablement program in a uh, to drive up the drive up the sales of a particular part of your product portfolio, um, is the attach rate associated with that part of your portfolio increasing? Um, are you driving? If you're driving an install base uh, focused enablement program. Are you improving the the the, the cap, Are you capturing more share of wallet within your install base? Um, you know, as a result of the enablement program that you executed, and so there's this kind of you have to have a a mix of these leading and lagging indicators. Um, one one of the things that we have not done yet here at at Infoblox, uh, because we've kind of really been in this first you know year and a half, been establishing. You know the foundation for uh, the organization, and and you know we're not quite at this level of sophistication. But what I've done in uh, in past lives is with with each of what I call the enablement services that you offer. So new hire onboarding, for example, would be an enablement service. Um, product product launch readiness would be an enablement service. Uh, acquisition readiness. When you're, you know, when you're acquiring another company and you're enabling your 
field organization on the value proposition of that new part of your portfolio, you know, that's another enablement service. What we did in those, those situations was we actually created uh, metrics and indicators for that were associated with each of those enablement services. So that, for example, with new hire onboarding, uh, yeah. you know, one of the metrics might be, you know, how long did it take someone to um, identify and qualify their first five opportunities? Uh, how long until they closed their first uh, piece of revenue? Uh, how long until they, you know, did certain other things? And uh, and so those those would be things that we would then track, uh, which would help us, you know, really drive a, a closer cause and effect relationship between the enablement service and the set of metrics that we were we were intending to impact with that enablement service. Very powerful, and I really like the fact that you're talking. I think a lot of what often gets, I think, missed in the dialogue is you know the distinction between leading and lagging indicators. I often see a lot of companies focusing on the lagging indicators uh, and then they're not able to make any changes. So I think that's a really great point you made on kind of the need to di distinguish between the two. Um, mm -hmm. Anytime you're looking at metrics, you have to look at you know what's the leading and what's the lagging indicator. And I just see often way too much focus um, on the uh, on the lagging side. 